0: Welcome to another episode of the Poetically Yours Extended Podcast. I'm Yvonne Boones. Every Friday, you hear new poems from our contributors, but those are just fragments of their brilliance. This podcast serves as a backdrop for the weekly segment. Susan Schubert is this month's featured artist. Susan dives into Scottish memories and explains how a trip to Europe influenced her life, even the lives of her children who weren't born at the time. Take a listen. Susan, thank you so much for taking the time to speak to me um, for the extended Poetically Yours podcast. How are you today?
1: Well, I'm doing just great. I have about 50 poems laid out here in all different directions, so I'm I'm ready to
0: read or talk, whatever you need. When did you start writing? How old were you?
1: Uh, I actually was around 20 years old of course I wrote poems in school when you know when needed but it wasn't something that I did outside of school or felt the need to until I was going on a trip to Europe with two girlfriends um, in the summer of 1970 and I had written a poem um, about um, the you know going into this trip and um, I can read it for you if you would like.
0: Yeah, let's let's start off with that. Go ahead.
1: Okay, uh, I was um, going for four weeks with two girlfriends, and uh, to do a tour of Europe, and I was leaving an old, uh, leaving my boyfriend at home. So, uh, it's called the flight. Anxiety has overwhelmed me. Yet I wait for flight to take me. Hassle, people, sleepless headaches. I need you to give me comfort. Flashing lights and roaring engines, thoughts of future confrontations, still the memory of your sweet lips keeps me occupied unending. What will happen on the morrow? Where will I be come the next day? Only peace can keep me guided. Only you can make me happy.
0: So that was about the boyfriend you left at home when you went on your trip to to
1: Europe. And that was actually the beginning of my... Poetry writing, uh, which I did throughout that whole trip. Uh, needless to say, um, I'm not reading any of them because they were they were about different places, but they were not really great. This this particular one, I I liked a lot, and that's what got me back started. Although I didn't write again uh, poetry until the following year when I uh, took my trip to Europe for six months and uh, of which I had written a book about uh, in 2016, I went back to write. And with that uh, book just before the trip, I wrote uh, down at Montrose Harbor, I wrote two poems and that got me back into the sink of writing poetry. The first one that I wrote uh, was called Seagulls. Look at how it dips turns swirls billows pulls draws slowly it slides on wings flapping a chill in the breeze tempts it it screams turns dips out of sight the gull flies with such majesty
0: i like that now um, when you talked about going to europe what prompted that trip uh the that the
1: first trip was just prompted by three girlfriends wanting to go and uh, see what we could see over a four-week period of time using um, the uh, 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 rail passes and uh, student visas. And, and, we, and then the second year, I decided to go back because I was taking a course with a, a professor who was teaching about William Blake, and I just fell in love with William Blake and wanted to know more. So I was able to, through him, Harry White was my professor. He was able to get me uh, a, a chance to do uh, 15 hours of independent studies for my senior year. And uh, and I was able to do them in Europe. So I planned, we planned the trip and I went off on my own uh, for six months. It only ended up being four and a half months, but
0: that was, to study William Blake. How old were you, Susan? I was 22. And um, I know you mentioned that that trip um, inspired a book. Can you tell me what went on during that time that you were able to come back and years later write a book about it?
1: Uh, I had um, kind of lived a little bit of, uh, a little love life from a Scotsman that I met in uh, on the Isle of Skye. And uh, it spent three days with it kind of hung around in my heart, even though I, you know, met my husband and got married and had my children. I, I, everything was Scottish, you know, I was really into it. I even took lessons to play bagpipes and marched in a bagpipe band. And that's how far I went with it. But Uh, It wasn't until I retired in 2014 that I ended up getting a book written by the man that I ended up living in his home with his wife and daughter. Uh, His name was Caradog Pritchard, and he was a Welsh national poet that had won the only Welsh poet who had ever won three times in a row uh, back in the 1920s. And after he won the third time, the committee said, okay, that's it. No more than two times can anyone. So that made him the only person in history to win three times. But I lived in his home. He was a newspaper man. Uh, His wife, Maddie, uh, took uh, young people into her home, uh, their home, so that they could learn English, uh, work as au pairs, and uh, she had a little school school. down the street where they could you know study and learn she had young girls from France and Switzerland and then a few Americans like myself uh and I ended up working in their home as an au pair uh not taking care of children because their daughter was a year older than me but to um clean the house and make the breakfast and the lunch so I was uh, Every morning would get up and do dusting, um, polish the brass on the front door, and uh, make their toast and coffee and bring it to them. And, and then I would help with lunch. And then in the afternoons, I was free and evenings free to, to go and do whatever. And of course, I would be walking uh, through St. John's Wood. They were lucky to have lived uh, there so that I was able to walk past um, the Apple Studios every day going through Regents Park and over to the British Museum where the National Library was. And uh, I was able to get and see and touch with gloves William um, Blake's original works. And I did a paper about it uh, with the Songs of Innocence and Experience, which he wrote twice, once in like 1792. And again, in the early 1800s, he revised it. And I was doing a a comparison of the two along with his art, uh, which was um, the way that he was doing his printing in in, an Integlio pattern. And I uh, also worked into my
0: paper about that as well. Can you tell me what fascinated you about William Blake? Ah,
1: he was just a very, very colorful man and, and was very, uh, he had so many new ideas for the times. And of course this was the kind of the, the age of um, where, where things were happening and where science and, Art and music and literature were all kind of melding together and all these different thoughts and ideas. And uh, William Blake was right on top of that, which made him very popular, come again in the early 1950s, late 40s and early 1950s, that a lot of our poets, Allen Ginsberg, for one, used his ideas to write their poetry. And that was called the Beat Poetry. And uh, William Blake, again, became very popular in the late 60s, 1968, uh, the age of Aquarius. So many uh, of the posters and art that were being used in the music world uh, and others, uh, words that were being used uh, by Jim Morrison, the Doors, uh, Joni Mitchell, Bob Dylan, they all took their ideas from William Blake, and it's it's well known that uh, that he was an integral part of that coming back around. In, in fact, uh, Northwestern had, uh, for several months, had a show about it in, I believe it was in 2017.
0: Now, you, you mentioned a lot of um, musical artists, and I, I understand that you um, are actually a musical artist as well as as well as a photographer. Can you tell me about your roots as it regards to music and and how did you get into that part of art?
1: Uh, Well, uh, when I um, met my uh, husband, Al, he was a musician. And he had come back from the military and we ended up getting married, uh, but he had written some songs for me. He was a singer songwriter. And uh, I was able to add harmony. He brought me back a conga, a tambourine, an effucci, and a cowbell from, he had picked them up down in uh, San Antonio at the military base. And I became a percussionist. I even signed up with the um, Chicago, uh, their union, the musicians union, and my name is in the book. Back from like 1973, 74 as a drummer. Oh, wow. But we started playing music uh, in folk clubs in Chicago and uh, for different uh, little venues uh, around the area. And then uh, someone asked us to, and he he already had been in bands, so um, asked us to uh, do a wedding. We Could we play for a wedding? So... We ended up picking up a, a bass player and a drummer, and uh, who were two people from uh, a, an older band of his. And we started doing weddings, and we were every weekend. We were at weddings and banquets and bowling parties and all kinds of th- different things. Uh, we had a, an agent who got us several jobs, and that uh, I have to say that my ability to sing, I'm sure came from uh, the years that I spent in choirs uh, at the church when I was a little girl into teenhood and also at school. Uh, My grandfather though, um, Curly Collins was a crooner uh, and he was on the radio back in the early thirties on a show that uh, was on Sunday evenings uh, at the Allerton Hotel and so i think that you know some of his musical ability kind of floated into me so (laughs) and he was also a drummer as well uh and so I, i feel like you know i got the beat from my grandpa
0: now were you writing with your husband
1: no no i never was able to write music uh he was totally in charge of that and my poet i really didn't write poetry after I came back from my trip uh, to Europe in 1971, uh, I didn't. I didn't have time. You know, I I got busy, and then I'm. It was with him, and you know, life happened, and so I didn't actually write any more poetry. And I've never had the feeling or the, uh, the inspiration to write for music. So if I when I write my poetry, there's never a song behind it. There's never a a, a melody. Nothing like that. I'm completely void of being a songwriter.
0: (laughs) Oh, wow. So you wrote your well, you said you wrote poems in school, but it was because you were you had to for school assignments. And then when you wrote a poem on your own, it was um, when you got on the airplane and you were leaving your boyfriend at home. And then you wrote more when you were actually in Europe and then you stopped. What made you start back? It uh, I started back in
1: 2016 when I decided that I would write my memoirs of the trip to Europe in 1971. And the reason that I chose to write it came from Kara Dog Pritchard, who had written a sweet little story uh, called uh, One Moonless Night that had been written in 1961 in Welsh it got translated in the 90s I didn't get a hold of a copy until 2015 when I had retired from uh, being an antique dealer and I was hanging around and I thought oh I think maybe I'll uh, see what his book is about now that it's in English and I can read it so I started reading it and and I realized uh, when they were going through you know, talking about him before the story. I lived in their home for two months during that summer. And I really got to know them quite well. They were almost like my parents for those two months as somebody that I could, you know, my home. And so I thought, okay, I wrote journals while I was on that trip. So I went and dug out my journals and got out all my photographs. And and I go, I got to write. I got to write about my trip. And so I just started writing and I could not stop. It was overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly wonderful uh, that it it just took me over. And I just kept writing and writing. And every chapter I'd have, my husband would read it. And then I'd have a few friends read it, and more, more. We want more. So I just continued on until I had a, a book.
0: Now, I also remember, because, you know, I met you uh, from being a part of A-Town Poetics, the the poetry group in Aurora. Um, Yes. And I remember at some point, and I think you mentioned it earlier in the conversation, that you went back to Europe. What was that experience like compared to the first time, or not the first time, but the second time you went? Yes. But
1: uh, I had sold a book to a friend of mine, who wrote Reddit and she just loved the Scotland and Ireland part of my adventures and wanted to go. She ended up buying us tickets and said, let's go, we're going. I'd like to see uh, Europe the way you saw it. So we went and that was in 2018, uh, the, uh, June of 2018. And uh, I thought, okay, I'm gonna be over there. I'm gonna be in Scotland. I need to get back to the Isle of Skye and see if I can find that that old Bonnie Scotsman <laughs> that I had met, and I was able to find him on Facebook. Oh, wow! Thank you very much. And he, uh, I re- reminded him of who I was, and with a few couple pictures, and and then uh, I asked him if he would be willing to meet for coffee and just to you know just to talk. And I was really curious to see him again, even though I was happily married and it wasn't a point of other than, you know, it's just my uh, curiosity. Well, as as it turned out, he was not going to be available about a week before and he gave me beautiful directions and how to get from Edinburgh to uh, Sky uh, driving because we drove, I did the driving and it was... Uh, it was kind of heartbreaking, in fact, very heartbreaking, as the time went on, that I was right there, back in his hometown, and he was not there after 50 years, and uh, so the trip went well, and I we had a wonderful time, but I needed to write about it, because I was go- going through grief, I called it jet lag, lasted about two months, but during that time, I just started to again, like the first book, it just starts spilling out of me, and I wrote the story of the trip, the day to day. It has poetry. It's got pictures, like the other. Uh, but I also was trying to shed that grief that I had for losing someone that I had a piece of love in my heart about. And I've, I've found with the people who have read the book that they a lot, so many people have been able to share that they too have had someone in their life that they may wanted to have met again or have met. Um, and 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 that we all seem to have just a little love love person in there. <laughs> um, but uh, finally, I was able to um, overcome it and let let him go, uh, so to speak. but then my husband had gotten ill. And then uh, in 2019, he passed away. Uh, At that time, I was then writing grief poems. I had started writing them well before we even knew that he was dying. And but uh, I've got like a ton of them.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I remember. I remember um, that time. And I remember Mm -hmm. you going on the trip. How supportive was your husband? He was very
1: supportive. And he uh, was happy. He said, whatever happens in Europe stays in Europe. You know, how they say that? But he was, he had let, given me the license to do whatever I needed to do or wanted to do while. And I was there. Uh, although I, you know, didn't do anything crazy, but, uh, but anyway, it, you know, coming back from the trip was, was the hard part, but he helped me through it. Uh, as I then, you know, helped him through his problems that he was facing. But I was able to get uh, write this other book that I did publish then uh, that fall.
0: What's the name of your first book?
1: The first book is called The Way I Remember It, A Memoir of a Trip to Europe, 1971. And then what did you call the second book? I used a phrase that uh, my Scotsman uh, had said to me that I, I was, uh, he hoped I'd had a good time in my place of dreams. So my books is My Place of Dreams,
0: a love story. I like that. And you and you still call him my Scotsman. That guy must have really <laughs> touched your heart for oh, you yeah. to still to this day call him my Scotsman. Now tell <laughs> me, always been my Scotsman. <laughs> tell me about that experience. Like you, you, you meet someone and you said you spend three days with them. You come back home to the States, you live your life. You get married, have a family. How, how did you go day by day knowing you had this yearning for this man that you, and I don't even know if I can call it a yearning, you'll have to tell me that you met so many years ago and it just stayed with you.
1: It, um, well, the the thing was that I met him as I was walking along the road and he uh, asked me if I needed a lift and I and that he was going hiking with some friends and if I would like to come along. Cause I told him I was just visiting in the, the American, um, on the Isle of Skye. And so I, I went along with him and took the chance in, and, you know, in this guy's car and, uh, and we went hiking and it was just a wonderful experience that evening. I met him and his, the friends and we, um, I had my first drambuie uh, at the Broadford hotel where it was, actually originated the Jambui and then we went dancing and then the next evening he took me out for dinner uh, and he came to the door of the um, youth hostel in a a full Scottish regalia with his kilt and oh my god my heart just melted but the first night uh, after the dancing I was too late to get into the back into the hostel if you weren't there by 10 p.m on the dot that forget it you couldn't get in so i went back to his place and stayed with him and so it was a romantic wonderfully romantic beautiful uh, evening and then of course uh the next evening as well so it was that uh was just he was just such a wonderful tender person that just he just enveloped me I went on the rest of my trip though, because I had all of my plans laid out, places I needed to be uh, for other papers I was writing, people to meet. And so I wrote him a couple of times, but never heard back. And so by the time I got home in October, I was um, thinking, well, he just, you know, he's probably every three days there's another girl and uh you know staying in the hostel and so he, he i'm just was one of of many many and and it just kind of you know left it go although i did have plaid dresses uh for my bridesmaids in my wedding uh <sighs> i was, named my son ian which is scottish for john um you know i i, I you know scott scottish things it's kind of just like we're in we're around but i i didn't pay that much attention as years went by because you know with life and and raising children and you know running a family that it's uh you know there's too many other things going on so I really didn't think about him all the time uh very very rarely maybe if I saw you know something Scottish I'd think for a second and I I wonder what Angus is doing or something like that but not really too much until I sat down and looked at my journals in 2016 and started to write the book that it really impacted me again, that, wow, you know, uh, I had forgotten about him, but it wasn't until my friend had that ticket to Scotland, uh, that, it, that I, I it, it jumped at me. Like I, you know, this just jumped into me. I've got to see him. I'm going to be there. And so, uh, but uh, you know, I, I still, like I say, I, I still have him in my heart, but I I, won't, I don't have any communication with him or or anything. And and I'm, uh, you know, I've met a new man in my life who is really so wonderful and takes fills the rest of my heart. Uh, that you know, I still have my love for my late husband Al, and and a little bit of of Angus in there, and and Tom has taken up all the rest.
0: Oh, that's a poem already, Susan. <laughs> so the guy that was in, and um, the guy that inspired you uh, or left an imprint, a Scottish imprint, I should say, on your heart. Um, yes. What happened when you went? You said he wasn't available. Did he go out of town?
1: Yes, he was. Uh, was going to be there up until about a week before, and then he uh wrote and said that he wouldn't be there after all. That he had to go out of town. Uh, He has a place in. He was a a, a mountain climber. Had a place in Milan, Italy, and uh, near the Alps. And he had to go and open it up for somebody who was coming to visit. And uh, later on, I wrote him and said how you know sad I was that he wasn't there. And his wife uh, got on to my Facebook and said, you know, you know, leave my husband alone. Or and so I figured that she probably had a play in the fact that he was not going to be available so oh
0: wow wow that how did you feel when the wife responded that 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 it was
1: uh yeah it i was um i was really pretty uh upset about it because i thought how could she be on his face you know can't she just leave her husband alone you know they have his own facebook but Uh, then I just I I realized okay you know it's not going to happen she's going to be reading anything that I should say so I just said I am so sorry Uh, you will not hear from me again and I had to let it go and uh, and and that was it and so I never heard from him or them or anything again and it's been fine I you know I like I said then my you know then Al got was getting sick and so I had to you know, put all of my resources into him. And, uh, and then, you know, by the time that he was gone, I, I have moved on to, you know, just getting myself through the day. And so, you know, and now I'm, I've got Tom and he's, um, you know, keeping me very busy.
0: (laughs) All right. Now let's stop for a moment and, and let's hear some more poetry. What do you have for me?
1: Well, I have, um, the poem that I felt got me, let me see if I can find it here. I got all these things in the piles, and I should have had it right on top.
0: Okay. Do you type your poetry out? Is it like in a notebook?
1: Uh, right now, it's all laying here on uh, my table, all in little piles. Aurora. I was lucky enough, after my first few times coming to A-Town Poetics, to, uh, we all had gotten invited to write some words uh, for Cheryl Holtz and her mural that was going to be put up on the Aurora Fast Print building.
0: Yeah, she's a uh, local artist, right, Cheryl Holtz? Yes, okay.
1: yes, and so I wrote a poem, and none of us heard anything for a couple of months, and then all of a sudden I got an email Is that your poem, Aurora? I go, yes, it is. I love it. I want to use it on my mural. And I said, sure. Okay, let's go. And so my poem is uh, written in script. So it's very difficult to read up on uh, the outside of that back wall at the Aurora Fast Print Building on Galena, right at the, almost at the corner of Broadway.
0: I can read that poem for you. That would be wonderful
1: aurora city of lights shimmering bright leland blues simmering in the night immigrants abound dynamics surround artists poets clamor at your door tourism the roadhouse development galore started with the trains chicago burlington bound nature people melding a river running through it. Aurora, bold and bright, paramount of sight and sound, growing, ever steady, ever ready, vibrant as we know it. Aurora, a halo, Borealis, to wear as your crown.
0: That sums it up. <laughs> 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 now you you live in St. Charles, right? Yes, I do. How often but do you, have to... go
1: ahead. I was just going to say that Aurora has got it all going on. And I realized that right away. And, you know, Frank Patterson was the one who hooked me up with uh, the culture stock uh, to come and read uh, also at the um, Santori library to read from my book. And then I realized that so many others were reading poetry. So that also spurred me to, you know, start reading more. And then he invited me to A-Town Poetics, and that's when my poetry really took off.
0: Now, you talk about your children. How many children do you have, Susan? I have
1: twin boys, uh, 48 years old, Ian and Eric.
0: Oh, wow. You know, all the years I've been talking to you through A-Town, I never hear you mention those boys. Oh, <laughs> hell,
1: I can
0: the next time (laughs) uh
1: well there um they came uh they came as a kind of a surprise I found out a week before they were born that I was going to be having twins and they were seven weeks early Uh, and so they uh, but they made up for it they're tall six two and six three big guys and um and it was just a delight uh throughout my uh mothering years, uh, uh, raising those two boys. Uh, they gave me a lot of, uh, <laughs> I, it, you know, it was a chore, but I I, I did it. We did it together. Uh, and I, I'm real proud, proud of both of them. And oh. uh, yeah, one of them uh, is works. Um, they both were working as truck drivers for many years, but Eric had gone to a cooking school, chef school at ECC, and he is now chefing at a senior home out in Sycamore, Illinois, and he absolutely loves it, getting back to it, and Ian uh, uh, is working at Menards out in Plano, and he backs trucks into uh, for them for delivery, and he works in the evenings with that, and it's uh, much easier on both of them now because they both were driving for over 20 years, Uh, just to not have that driving anymore so much.
0: Oh, wow. And I also heard you mention something about, which is another thing we've never talked about, um, being an antique dealer. Is that what you did to make your living outside of the the music? Tell me about that.
1: Well, uh, when I was um, in the 90s, early 90s, um, it it, it actually happened that my sister, my older sister lives in Woodstock, retired from teaching, and she went into a little resale shop up in Woodstock, and she would come down to St. Charles to to go um, garage sailing to pick up things for her shop. Uh, And I started going along with her and I realized, oh, you know, I was having some fun with that. And I thought, you know what, that'd be kind of fun. I had, uh, I, I needed to do something. So I ended up going into an antique mall. In downtown st charles and i was with um, the antique market three for several years and my specialty ended up being vintage costume jewelry uh, and vintage clothing uh hats purses gloves uh, and then you know uh, everything else that you know goes along with the an antique shop but uh, and i did that for 17 years i was also out at the flea market at Kane county uh for several of those years and sandwich fare I had done. And uh, I was in at one time in the early 2000s, I was in three shops at the same time. So I was quite busy with it and, uh, you know, making some very nice money at doing it. It was a time when it was uh, very popular. I don't know so much anymore, whether it's, uh, it's more, I think it's mostly repurposing things and taking, you know, old things and making them into another use. Uh but uh, I I loved it. I loved doing it until I turned 65. And I decided that my grandmother retired when she was 65. And I said, I'm retiring. I'm 65. And so I did.
0: (laughs) How old are you now?
1: I am 74.
0: Oh, okay. So almost 10 years ago. Now you have that. And also You have so much art going on in your life. What about your photography? When did that start? Were you taking pictures at a young age as well?
1: I I did. I always loved taking photographs ever since I was a little girl and my grandmother gave me her box camera. uh, And then I got a little Girl Scout camera and then, you know, different different little uh, cameras through the years. And I took, you know, photographs, nothing really exciting until uh, in the, um, spring after I got back from my trip to Europe uh, and I had taken photographs on the trip as well, but, but nothing, I mean, they, they were fine, but I really wanted to know how to use a camera and really learn photography. And so I, I met a guy at school who helped me, uh, to learn about it. And then I took a class in it, um, outside of school down in uh, Newtown and uh, I had taken uh, uh, several photographs of uh, the self-portraits. Ended up that those self-portraits that I took, years later, when I was going in to get, uh, everything was on slides from back then. So when I was doing my first book and I needed to get the slides from my trip to Europe in 1971, I had I went to a place called Real Pro in uh, Batavia, and he took all my slides and put them on a CD, so then I could you know have prints made. And I found these photographs, these self photographs of me that were like, oh my gosh, I couldn't believe how great they turned out. So I uh, ended up joining Water Street Studios so that i could show there and eventually i was able to and a funny story about that is that the uh the gentleman uh steve who his name now and it just eluded me anyway he uh is the curator and we had met after i first became a member and i asked him well how did you get start started in art and he uh, said, while well, he was he went to the Art Institute. I said, oh, I had an old boyfriend that went to the Art Institute. And they knew each other. They had opened a gallery together back in the late 70s. And I had actually met Steve at that gallery years and years ago. So when I was ready to do, and he knew that I had done the poetry and he knew about the Aurora, because that had already happened, my Aurora poem. And So he accepted to do my uh, self-portrait photographs in a show if I would have a poem to go along with each one. Mm. So I was the first artist to do that at Water Street. Oh, wow. Is that? Go ahead. I was just going to say that the poems that I wrote were written in 20. 17 2018 uh the photographs of course were from 1971 and
0: 72 oh, so i, I had
1: gonna... a pair yeah I had a pair of them to match
0: oh wow cuz i was going to ask you did you look at the photograph and then write the poem but you were able to pull some um... oh yeah i went i went to what i already had
1: and, wow uh and i i was amazed at how well they fit together
0: and uh, your your topics, your poetry topics are across the board. Like you did the one about Aurora, and I know for poetically yours, you I think I aired one about summer, and I just recently aired the one about fall. Where do you pull your inspiration from when you're writing your poetry?
1: Uh, well, when I write for you, I usually try to pick a a, uh, a special time of the year. And and then uh, and like, 9/11 was the first poem that I had on NPR radio, and and you had said if you write about something a special something that's special coming up, that that a good chance that it would get on. And so I thought, okay, and I sat down and I just started to write uh, my feelings on 9/11, and I sent it to you, and you accepted it, and it was it played on 9/11 that year which was, uh, you know, ended up being on a Friday. And it had quite an impact to so many of my family and friends. Uh, and I, I suppose others as well. I could read that for you if you'd like.
0: Sure. I didn't know that you wrote poems specifically for Poetically Yours. I do. Wow. That's an uh, honor. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I, when I, every, every poem that I send you, I'm specifically writing with you you know the oh, show thank you mind. susan
0: thank so, you i appreciate that
1: i i have to say i'm i used to write every day poetry but now it's just on demand when i need to uh although when i'm up on washington island uh where where oh. um i go for vacations i do uh end up writing some poems and, and the milky way was one that i ended up uh, sending you and went on to Uh, I think it was that you played that one for seems to me that that was for like a January 1st
0: that that was on NPR. Mm, Okay, the timeliness of it all.
1: Yeah, but 9-11. I'll read that because that was my first poem for you. The time is drawing near. It's almost 20 years. I remember it distinctly. A call from my sister. Turn on your TV. We're being attacked one tower in flames minutes later collapsing down to the ground another plane hit the next tower buildings fall as people jumped aghast we held our breath a plane hits the pentagon our leaders taken away to safety flights stopped as another plane hits a field in ohio we're crying now gasping for air who did this to us how could this happen brothers in arms we put out flags to show we are one. Together as Americans, standing tall, find the culprit, we're at war, attacked. Remember this day, the minutes, the hours, when our country fell to its knees, but undivided we rose. Happened after Pearl Harbor, a nation undivided, to fight for what we have, our country, our people. Does it take a war to make a sea? we can be one nation undivided
0: wow that took me right back there i love the imagery and how you go back and those of us who was around when that happened it 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 probably takes us all back to that day. Like, what were we yes. doing? Like, I remember mm-hmm. I was I was on my way to work and I never liked to get to work really early. So I would try to get there between 8.30ish and nine. And I just remember being at home about to leave out for work. And I didn't even see what happened because it was like the time I was leaving when I got to work, it, everything yeah. had happened. And I, I know. you know, everyone was talking about it. And I believe for the next several days um I like probably a lot of people was glued to the television set exactly exactly yeah so that that poem takes us takes us right back there um Susan can you tell me you talked about this new guy and I met (laughs) him before and I, I thought it was funny because when I first met him I forget what type of It was some type of poetry event we were at. Um, And he comes up and he just says, I'm Susan's boyfriend. And I thought that was so funny that whole night. That was like the running joke in my head. I didn't even know his name. I just knew him as Susan's boyfriend. Well, I do have the poems. I wrote a
1: poem to him. Okay. And you know what? I met him uh, through uh, my Chicagoland widow and widowers group last November. And uh, he came up to me at that function, uh, at a, uh, was a chili cook-off. He came up to me because he wanted to buy my book the way I remember it mm-hmm. uh, from the trip in 1971, because he's a huge, uh, music fan of music from 1971 and a lot was going on in London at the time. So he knew I had read that I was been in, in London. Uh, I had done a book signing, uh, which I had just done this year, uh, On this past Sunday, I did it last year about the same time. And so I had put a photograph and, and, you know, a little blurb about the books. And if anybody wanted one, well, he did. So he bought my book. And uh, I have to say that that little book has you know, brought me a lot of good things. (laughs) But over (laughs) the time that we after we met we dated a little bit and uh and did things together with the widow and widowers group and and then he started coming over to my house to watch movies and uh, <clears throat> then we just uh, he asked me if i would want to be girlfriend and boyfriend i and he's so cute <laughs> because i <laughs> okay that's that, that's fine okay let's let's do it and and then it just you know went from there and uh we spent a week up on Washington Island uh, in June, and came back and got engaged. So, we're, oh, we're congratulations! Excited. Thank you. But anyway, I wrote a poem to him, and mm-hmm. then the event was the poetry April poetry reading at the Santori Library, and so I wrote a poem to him, and he goes, "Well, I'm going to write a poem to you." So, I, if you'd like, I can read the poems.
0: Okay, and is he okay with you sharing his work? Yes,
1: he gave them to me and said, would you read? Them? <laughs> he said, yeah, he, he wants me. <laughs>
0: he wanted you to read them for for our conversation. Okay, he yes. has given you permission. Okay,
1: he surely has. Okay, so first of all, I write, Tom, a poem for you. Out of the blue, a meet, a date. Out for a few adventures, that is, a movie or two. Widow, widower. So easy to slide over to your side of the couch. Meeting in the middle. Cannot find the words, our music, our day-to-day, same wavelength. Who knew this would happen, that I'd fall in love again? So he wrote a response to my poem, and his is Our Story. Early onset Alzheimer's, it took my wife. It left me a widower, alone in my life. A marriage that lasted 45 years, and now nothing left except memories and tears. A new group of friends became part of my life, people who also lost a husband or wife. Then at a cook-off with the group, I met an authoress. I had read of her books, and they'd gotten my interest. A date was made. We got together again, found we had a mutual friend, watched movies at her house that we both enjoyed, from Reptilicus to Mamma Mia. We had a good time. Then Cupid snuck in. Awkward kisses were shared. Our new romance has started on a road to who knows where. Our love is growing. We're not alone anymore. We're playing in a band and eager to see what the future holds in store. Oh, that is so cute. He was
0: proud that day. I can tell you that. Oh, <laughs> yes, he was.
1: And he's even prouder now. Our love has grown so much more. That i i really can't believe it it's wonderful Aww.
0: so when are you getting married
1: when next year uh, first oh wow yeah. uh yeah well uh, that'll 1st, be here 2024 excuse me
0: are your yeah. boys excited well they're not boys you're you're young well, well not, you're, you know like it
1: took them a little while to get used to the fact that my that their mom was dating someone and mm-hmm. but they're they're okay with it as long as they can wear kilts to give me away at the wedding they're good they're they're really heavily into uh scottish and north nor norwegian and viking stuff so yeah they're um uh, they're, they're they're good with it so yeah
0: and that We're was because of of the the guy that you met so many years ago yes He just inspired Uh, your life through and through and rubbed off on your children that that aren't even here. He must have made a good impression or a huge impression on you. I hope you find closure with that situation one day.
1: Yeah. Uh, uh, Yeah. Well, Tom and I are going back to Scotland in Ireland. He wants to see where his family came from in Ireland. And I said, well, if we're going to be in Ireland, it's just a hop, skip and a jump to Scotland. So Uh, I don't know you know I guess we'll go back to the Isle of Skye because I really have only seen a very small part of it Uh, the the south part of it there's so much it's really just a wonderful magical island and that is used they use the terrain in many movies in fact uh, and they even have all the way up at the top of it uh, on one of the beaches are dinosaur prints so it's got a lot of very interesting things going on there
0: oh that's and, that's and, nice yeah well maybe you and Tom can meet with that guy and his wife maybe his wife will be a little more comfortable once you're I, yes <laughs> that, that could be I, I suppose
1: I could reach out and try again and uh why not what what would the worst case scenario uh, you know another no And then that would be it, you know, and uh, just
0: make sure sure you put that you and your husband would like to, would be in town. And maybe if she's reading his Facebook, that will, um, maybe (laughs) that will, um, that will smooth things over. Cause I I do believe in, in like, um, just having the conversation, like telling this guy, Hey, you made a big impact on my life. I don't know if that means, well, apparently, um, you guys are, living two different lives now but I think it is important to tell people how we feel about them whether we're yes. going to be with them or not it's important for them to know hey you made an impact on my life so hopefully yes. you get to do I, that I one day now you know what go you. ahead <laughs> I I plan to thank you. <laughs> you you give me inspiration oh, so what else do you have uh, what else are you working on you have any more projects coming up and did join the Aurora Art League uh, a few
1: years ago. I took a life drawing class uh, with uh, Rosalie Voss out of Geneva uh, at Water Street Studios last spring. And our life drawing uh, were mod- nude models. And I had done that uh, for a semester at the Art Institute uh, the spring of 1972 after my trip to Europe while I was doing the learning photography. The, I also was wanted to draw. Not realizing that it was going to be nude drawing, I thought it would be fruit and, and flowers in the vase. <laughs> and I walked in and saw the oh nude my model and I go, all right, I don't know if I can do this, but I did. And I loved it. And so all after that many years, I finally got the opportunity to
0: uh, do the drawing again. Oh, wow all right now if people wanted to purchase your books how can they do that um my books are both on amazon at
1: amazon.com and also townhouse books in st charles illinois uh has them and will uh, ship them as well
0: now is there anything else you would like to share with me today susan
1: oh dear i uh, i think we did very well <laughs> um thank you so much for uh,
0: letting me tell you my story Thank you, Susan, and you take care. I'll talk to you soon. You will. Okay, I know where to find you. <laughs> <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Listen to Portically Yours every Friday on 89.5 WNIJ and 90.5 WNIU. Special thanks to the Nick Monte Trio Band for providing the music for this segment. For Portically Yours, I'm Yvonne Booz.